Welcome, Welcome to Simple, Simple Theology, Theology. Come on. <laughs> a podcast examining whatever the heck we want to talk about today. <laughs> That's true. For various reasons. That is very true. I'm um, Rick Gromlick. I'm and, the host. And I'm Robert Kane. This is already going off the rails, but you it's good. Keep, keep going, man. No, it's I'm good. liking where this is going. So today is the last episode before our uh, break in August, and we take a heck of a long time to rant about a heck of a lot of things. We do. It's a good time. What are some topics we get into? We'll talk about Rob's bold action pen. Rob's tattoos. Talk about the Mars Hill podcast. Rob's podcasts. That's not mine. Talk about Rob's listening habits. Talk about baby number three coming for we you. Talk about some favorite things. Rob likes some old theological things. topics. Yeah, we talk about a lot. It's a good episode. Tune in. Enjoy. Better now. We got all of our stuff's working out. Got it working equipment. out. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, Sweetwater will probably be hearing from me, but mm. I have um, I've enjoyed Sweetwater. Sweetwater is a company that people can buy sound equipment from, church, audiovisual, all kinds of not just church, but all kinds of sound, video. I don't know. Every like yeah, they're a great company. They're a great company. Yeah, always done good by me. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Customer service is pretty good. Technical customer service. Technical. Leave some to be desired. <laughs> At least with this new product. This Zoom go. PodTrack P4. Mm. Yeah, it's been giving me fits pretty much since I got it. It's throwing a fit? Yeah, we always got to wait several minutes before we can actually start talking because it says there's a write error. So I'm sure the listeners are really happy to hear about all yeah. that. But today, we're just we're just shooting the breeze, man. No agendas. No agendas. No topics. Yep. I mean, no. Oh, we've got topics. But. I have top. Rob has not sh- told me or shared with me what the topics he has. It's true. And likewise, I have not shared with him. Not that they need to be close to the best, at least mine. They're not like... Uh, Can I tell you something that's funny about the word share? Like... Sure. What's funny about share? I- I'm not... Um, you're talking about uh, the singer? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Talking about the the word. Uh, what's the the study of of words? Etymology. Etymology. I'm not an etymologist. Um, so. Nor the son of one. Nor the son of one. Um, or the grandson. Um, but the word when people say share, and then shared, this is a weird thing. But I I always want to say shorn. Which is so weird because that's something you did a sheep, a sheep say, that has been sheared as a shorn sheep, right? Um, in case people didn't know that, once you shear a sheep, it's been shorn. Uh, it's a past tense. So the past tense of shared, shorn. I kind of like when I was like, Rob had not shorn his list with me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why I have that feeling of that should be the word, but I feel like we should maybe start a movement for the past tense of share. I think you should do that and give us an update when we come back from our break because I don't feel like getting on a sinking ship. Okay, well, when this ship is skyrocketing... <laughs> when this ship's flying... You will wish you were on it. <laughs> Hashtag shorn community. <laughs> Patent yeah. that idea. I've never, I've never had an issue thinking that share should go to shorn rather mm-hmm. than shared. Okay. Um, but I feel like it's one of those things where now it's going to be in my subconscious all the time. And I'm going to say it one yeah. of these days. <laughs> I hope you do, man. As long as it's not during a sermon. 
Now he's shorn that with me before the meeting, don't worry. <laughs> so and so shorn this with me before <laughs> preaching this morning. <laughs> Did that have have you um Rob and I both are relatively new preachers as far as like consistent week in, week out preachers, but any big um any big mistakes, any big like man. Hmm. I don't think okay. yet. Okay. Hey, praise, Others praise the Lord for that. In our congregation who might listen might say, Oh buddy, right. you are you're forgetting this instance. I can't think of Usually if it's big enough, you'd blatant, remember it. Yeah. Okay. So there there was there was one moment when I was leading the Lord's Supper mm-hmm. when I said or when I prayed after the Lord's Supper, I said, Father, thank you for your broken body. Mm-hmm. And is as soon as I said it, I was like, "Son of a gun! What am I doing?" <laughs> Son of a! <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. I, okay. I immediately corrected myself. And okay, that's said, good. Said, Jesus, thank you for your break, broken body and shed blood. Yeah. But I started off by saying, "Father," I was like, "Oh, here we go." Um, Luke gave me a hard time for that afterward. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, when I preached, I said something about how we're all created by God the Father, but we're not all children of God the Father. And there might be some available nuance there, but as I was saying, it's like, oh, shoot, it says in John 1 that Jesus created all things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- those are just like little tiny things that where I just should have been more careful with my words. The one I created, or I corrected, the other one I didn't because I thought maybe there's some nuance there where um, the Father could be considered a creator too because we see, you know, I mean, there's more, there's more yes. to it there that I'd have yeah. to look into, but regardless... The first thing that came to mind as soon as I said it was John one says Jesus created everything, not, not the Father. So I did the when I did the audio yeah. to put up, I took out um, oh, yeah. raw created. I got the Father. I took out. I got the Father. Mm, like, yeah, clever. Yeah. Can't come back and haunt you. Hopefully not. There's other things that I'm sure could mm. that I'm overlooking. But what about you? Has there been anything that? Uh, I mean, things like that where you're what you're praying, and it's like, okay, who are you praying to in the Trinity, and just being clear about those things. Um, there was one time I I did this is years years ago, probably like four or five years ago, where I led communion backwards. Oh, you did the blood first. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was like, oh, this is backwards. I was like consuming the blood, not the blood, but the juice. You Roman Catholic <laughs> transubstantiationist. As I was consuming, so it turned into. Uh, no. So that was one thing. Um, yeah, I mean, probably like you, you screw up words when you're trying to say stuff sometimes. Um, yeah, I, but but no like big glaring, like, I know a guy who first sermon he preached at this church, he literally was getting pretty worked up, which was like not like in a bad way, just he was getting passionate, ended up like accidentally stepping off the stage no way fell down yeah that would be embarrassing wow yeah it would so think nothing like that we don't <laughs> really have a stage so that's not as feasible yeah we don't have one um, either but yeah nothing hashtag church planting no, yeah, no glaring like oh my gosh i you know i can't believe i said that or i can't you know but i'm sure those days will come where you just hopefully it's when i'm preaching it somewhere else someplace you're just there for one you know but then again, it's kind of nice when it's your own people because they're much more forgiving. Yeah. But anyway, Rob, what you got on tap? Ooh. Okay. So am I am I sharing my thing first? You don't have to. Well, what, I'll what, share mine. Was the thing that you just asked was that part of your nope. topics? 
Okay, let's have you go first. I want you to go first, Rob. Okay. You know okay, what? Okay, so my first one is tattoos. <laughs> first off, glad you went first. Okay. Uh, tattoos. Okay, so, Rob, you just got some more fresh ink. <laughs> more ink, yes. Aslan, <laughs> a.k.a. Cleveland Guardians yep. lo- logo. That's it. Which, so here's by a- the way, we need to have that as a topic. <laughs> Add that in there. Okay, so Rob got another tattoo, which is super cool, right? I'm affirming that. Thanks, Rob. Um, and Rob, I had went on a group chat with a couple other friends, and I said, "Hey, Rob, show us a picture of the new tat." Yeah. And he sends it, and then he's like, "In other news, yeah, <laughs> the Cleveland, formerly Cleveland Indians, well, they're still the Indians, yeah, are changing the their name season. to the Guardians." Um, so we were kind of chit chatting, and I just said, "Hey, like, I don't know what I said. Is a lion like going to be the new logo? It's just because your picture, your tattoo was like right before yeah. this picture of the." And you said, yeah, or something like that. So I just like took a, I printed out the picture of Rob's arm tattoo. So, so what I said, you, you yeah, had you con- context. Yeah, yeah. What I said was, yes, but actually it's just literally going to be my arm mm. where the tattoo is. Yes. I said, that's why I got it. They said, we'll give you uh, yes. $25 mm-hmm. yep. and a free fountain drink at a game. <laughs> For, for no, no free ticket or <laughs> season to anything. Just when you go to a game, here's a free fountain drink and here's 25 bucks to get the logo tattooed on my arm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Rick ran with the joke and continued on. Yeah. And so this is this is I print the picture out from the the phone that robbed the picture and like cut out the 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 tattoo on the arm and like just tape it to my calf like the side of my calf not mm-hmm. the back and my wife is like kind of rolling her eyes like okay you're this is stupid but but for me i personally thought it was hilarious and the best part of it was there's always the guy there's always the guys who get like the sports logo tattooed on the side of their calf that's so true <laughs> it was like the iconic spot to get like uh-huh. the ohio state thing or the michigan thing or whatever it's always multiple side yep. of the calf so I thought, ah, this is funny so Rob, I love people who have. Yeah, I do too. Sorry, if anyone. Oh no, no, no! I'm saying like literally. I'm not saying general sense of like I I love those people too. (laughs) I'm actually, Rob's like I'm actually affirming (laughs) those people. I'm I'm saying I I know a guy who I think very highly of who who has that. Yes, but all that to say, it's just funny for me. It was funny. It was. I think it was most funny for you. I think so too. I (laughs) because Danielle was like, did he really print that out? Yeah, and cut it out and tape it. Like, she's like, you went through a lot of effort for that that I, text. It was probably about five minutes of work. But <laughs> for me, it was worth every moment of it. I'm glad it was. So, I'm Rob, okay, so you got, you're got you working on a sleeve. I am working on a sleeve. How, how do you... knitting one together. How do your, uh, your constituents, your congregation, sorry, f- feel about that? So, those who... So, I wear long sleeves most Sundays. Oh, so to no, hide it. Well, not... Yes and no. Mm, um, that's a yes. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because my nice shirts are long sleeves. Okay. Uh, but like when we did baptisms, I wore short sleeve button up. So mm. so people know that I have tattoos, but they're just not on display a ton. Because they're offensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All these Christian tattoos. Now, is that Aslan? No, it's just a lion. Okay. Well, L- you have sy- symbolism. Judah. Everything, yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. every tattoo that I have is some way connected to the Christian faith. So okay. I've got okay. the Cairo, I've got a verse, I have... Some mountains, stream, river, like new creation stuff, which we've already talked about. And now mm-hmm. a lion for the Lion of Judah. Okay. So all of it is for that, um, or has that type of connection. And yes. as I work on this sleeve, yeah, it is. Um, the plan is to have it all be 
somehow faith oriented based. towards yeah Christian mm-hmm. faith. Gotcha. So if you change faith, yeah, that's going to be a problem. I'm going to be stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> Constant reminders <laughs> to come on back. Chop that arm off, I guess. <laughs> so um, no, the, the people. There have been several people, even today, who've texted me about the tattoo from the church, who are like, "Dude, that looks sweet. Uh, like okay. that guy did a really good job." Da 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 da. And one guy I've been talking to, he's like, dude, I have such an itch now to get another one because he's got a tattoo and or he's got several. But yeah, so yes. mostly good positive good. feedback. Yeah. Mostly any negative? I haven't had any negative okay, feedback. Good. That's encouraging. Now. I know not everybody in the church would be like thumbs up to tattoos. Right. But nobody's to the point where they're like being divisive or they're anything like that over it. Seriously. Yeah, no, they're all, they're all great. Wonderful. When are you going to grow up? That kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. What's the next tattoo you're going to get? I don't know, but I want it to be either on my shoulder or further down on my forearm. Will you get one on the elbow? Dude, I don't don't know. I don't want to get one on the elbow, but it is also a small spot. That is true. So the pain of it (laughs) hopefully won't (laughs) last real long. So I, I have obviously a decent amount tattooed, and the one that hurt the most was the forearm one. Oh, yeah. Probably because it was the first one. Maybe, but it's also, so the last guy that did the tattoo, um, that did the, the lion, he said, because we were talking about um, our bodies and mm. how, he, he's like, it's really kind of amazing that the, he said the outside of the body, so to speak, like the outside of your arm, the outside of your leg, uh, and he's like, that hurts less than the inside, mm-hmm. like the inside of the arm, right. or the inside of the leg. And he said, it's kind of interesting, like all your veins are on the inside. He said, if, if something were to fall on, like you see something about to fall on you, you put your arms up, you usually put the outside of your arms mm-hmm. up. You don't just like expose your, your wrists, your so mean, to speak, yeah. unless you're trying to put yeah. your hands up. And he said, it's amazing kind of how we were made that way. And great little segue to sharing, like, yeah, we're made in the image of God. Like yeah. God designed us in an intentional way. and. Mm-hmm. So we got to have a cool conversation with that. But he said that on the inside of the body, which is my forearm tattoos, on, like on the inside of my forearm, not on the, the outside, um, he said that that portion of skin tends to be more sensitive because mm-hmm. it's not used to seeing as many elements as the outside. And it's also um, something about like the skin, like I don't know, with the veins and also where your, your arm bends. Like the skin is just more sensitive, more nerves or something like that. I don't know. But we That's, we had an interesting conversation about it. Cool. So you're not sure what you're going to eat next. Yeah. But it's going to be faith-based. Christian. Yeah. Based. Good Ooh. clarification. Okay. I'd also like to clarify, I am not a doctor. Uh, so anything I said there about the outside <laughs> or the inside of the body, don't take medical doctor, to the so. bank. Um, had a fun conversation with the tattoo artist about it. Are you going to get some color? Uh, probably not. Okay. I don't think so. So the last question on the tattoo thing, and okay. this is the age old, and I'm, I just want people to know I'm, I'm not in any way anti-tattoo, pro-tattoo. Tat it up if you want. Um, Are you well, going to? If I ever find something that I want on my body for the rest of my life. I hope you do. I mean, I would too. Uh, yeah. But the problem, that's the thing is like, what are those all going to look like in, in 20 years? Or do they keep, I mean, they're able to like Probably touch not up stuff. as good as it well, looks it, now. So I just remember a tattoo my grandpa had on his arm right here. Yep. Above his wrist. And I could never figure out what it was. Yeah. For it was years. Just blended together. Years and years. And I finally asked him, I said, Grandpa, what is that? He said, Oh, it used to be a boat. Now he got it back in the fifties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So tattoo technology was not as great then. 
True. Anyway. All right, Rob, thanks for sharing about your tattoos. Oh, you're welcome. Appreciate that. You're Can welcome. you read the one on your arm? Can you read it? I am the vine. I'm ha- reading it upside down right now. Have you read it? Do you read it every morning? I do not read it every morning. Are you wanting me to re- actually read it? No, well, I, didn't, I didn't know if you could read it. Oh, I, I know mean, you can I, read. I can read okay. it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> do I read it every morning? Are you no. illiterate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not read it every morning. Okay. Um, yeah. June just messaged that he's on his way. He might join this episode. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Lock the door. Just kidding, June. <laughs> just kidding. All right, Rob, what you got? Lay it on me. Have you been listening to the Marcel podcast? I Okay, so I, did, I listened to the first episode. You've only listened to the first Let episode. Let me finish. And then I started the second one. You've only listened to the first and second episode. I didn't get that. <laughs> okay, so let me start over. I'm caught up. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's good. Okay. I got into it the first episode and a half, and I was like, okay, I, like, this is too depressing for me to listen to right now. Like, I don't know if it was just that week or what it was, but it's just like, all, like, for me, it kind of, I was never close in any way to Mars Hill or Mark Driscoll, but I definitely listened to him sermons. I felt like benefited from his ministry, but I was just like, okay, this is like a lot of stuff. I'm just gonna, I don't, I mean, it wasn't like heavy, like, I don't know, but I just got really tired of it fast. So I took like a couple weeks off and then went back and finished listening to them. So yeah, to answer your question, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think that um, they are Okay, so first of all, we talked about this a little bit. Stylistically, it's good. Yeah. It's no Malcolm Gladwell, which it's trying you can to be. tell. It's, it's in that genre of yeah. kind of docu-drama, interv- interview, audio clip, yeah. narration kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, overall, I've enjoyed it. I think that hopefully they get more into the story of Mars Hill as an institution rather than just the fall of Martin Driscoll. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having someone who, who maybe witnessed or observed all those things from afar as a young man. Um, yeah, you look you look at it and think, man, this is, some of that stuff was crazy, like stuff that was going on, but you do understand how, and this is what I think the podcast does a really good job of, is helping people understand how so many godly people put up with what was happening. Yeah. And um, not just kind of like turn a blind eye, but genuinely, they, they are growing in their faith. They're seeing the Lord do some pretty remarkable things. Uh, they have rich, purposeful community. Mm-hmm. And so they're putting up with sinful behavior they should not have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all in all, it's been, it's been, so far, it's like three or four episodes in. It's been insightful. Three. We'll see what happens. Though. I think another episode is supposed to drop this week, which by the time this drops, maybe it will have already dropped. Boom, they boom. said they were going to skip a week. And oh, then right, yeah. come out this this week with the I think episode number four, but I've enjoyed it. It's been yeah. it's been really helpful as a church planter to mm. find things, even good takeaway yeah. things like hey, like men and women are designed for certain purposes. Like let's press into those. Even in Seattle, where they were like yeah. that whole society is trying to de um, deconstruct that yeah. narrative. Yeah, and how many people were hungry for it? Mm-hmm. Like, man, I know, I know that there's a design here. It doesn't feel like yeah. what my neighbors are saying fits with what I'm seeing. And then comes Mark Driscoll and Marcel, and they're saying yeah. like, "Men be men, and women be women." Like, mm. there's a beautiful, yeah. like, praise God for that. It, so you guys are finally affirming that, right? <laughs> We've always affirmed that. <laughs> okay. Um, and but but it's also been helpful to think through like, okay, 
like looking at this, how does it go from good godly design mm-hmm. to ungodly chauvinism? Yeah. Or like ungodly just beating up men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because um, from my understanding, obviously I haven't listened to the whole thing. And there was one instance where a woman was kind of like, she went into a meeting and it was Mark Driscoll and, and the other guy and she felt like yeah. really intimidated and kind yeah. of um, cornered there. Um, but for the most part, it's been like Driscoll was just a bully to these other men. Um, and so like just being able to see, okay, there is a, a good and beautiful design, but also you can go too far yeah. and it can Absolutely. become an ungodly yeah. thing if you press too hard on something. And so that's been helpful, just thinking yeah. through. I think one thing that I've taken away from, I mean, several, but one thing is that there is such a pressure on, okay, so there's such a, a perceived lack of strong male leadership in the evangelical church world. Yeah. There's, I feel like there's such a lack of that which then creates such a pressure for men who are theologically sound, who are committed to orthodox historical Christianity, Protestantism, to really show how to lead out. And in that, you get these leaders who become um, extremely dogmatic, extremely harsh, manipulative, power-hungry, um, and which in no way models Christ or, or displays the, the attributes or characteristics of Christ. And their arg- argument is almost always the same. God has called us to be men, to lead, right? And so we're going to stop kind of, you know, just walk around on eggshells. We're going to say it how it is. We're going to be bold. We're going to take bold steps. As if all that takes us yelling screaming hmm. and being macho yeah yeah like i i'm not a macho guy but i'm not like a um a, like i don't know what the opposite of a macho person <laughs> there know? are there are words that maybe we shouldn't say yeah yeah so yeah. i'm not like I, I, on any of that spectrum i'm just saying like christ calls us to be meek and to hum- be humble yeah. to be kind yeah to be gracious be gentle and lowly yeah so you walk in my door in the middle of the night. Name the I'll, book I'm working on. There you go. I'm writing it with a guy named Dane. <laughs> he said it's supposed to come out soon. <laughs> um, no, but like you walk into, you break into my house trying to uh, hurt my family in the middle of the night. I will kill you. Yeah. To the best of my ability, I will try to kill you. That's yeah. that's how that's going to go down. But if I have an interaction with you in the church setting, in the public sphere, I, I need to be kind i need to be respectful i might need to be bold i might need to be clear but never should i be dogmatic or uh, not dogmatic but domineering Mm -hmm. never should i be uh, in your face or intimidating somebody yeah the only thing that should be intimidating to christians is the truth of the scriptures yeah that's 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 the toxic masculinity yeah i mean people people have taken toxic masculinity that term and pretty much turned it into if you are firm in your yeah. complementarian convictions and that's toxic masculinity and it's like no there, there's a a real toxicity yes that comes when masculinity gets boiled down to being macho yeah yeah like that that's toxic yeah but if we take masculinity and, and put it in light of what christ and what the scriptures yeah. point out to be as masculine mm-hmm. then 
man, that's a beautiful thing. I think it was yeah. Doug Wilson who was talking at a Desiring God conference, and he said that masculinity is the glad assumption of sacrificial responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The glad, like joyfully, yep. I, I will joyfully step into this and take take sacrificial responsibility. Yeah. And someone else was pointing out, they said that, man, if you look at the garden, mm-hmm. and you see that God told Adam and Eve that if you eat of this tree, mm-hmm. this tree of the knowledge of, the good, of good and evil, you will surely die the mm-hmm. day that you eat it. And what happened was Eve ate of it. Adam is blamed with the sin. We yeah. read in Romans 5. Mm-hmm. And God ends up providing the sacrifice, so to speak, for them to yeah. be able to not physically die right away. Physical death began right away. Their bodies yeah. began to die. And we also see spiritual death, all that. Okay, But somebody pointed out, they said, what should have happened was Adam should have stopped Eve mm-hmm. after she took the first bite. Mm-hmm. I mean, he should have stopped her before taking the first yeah. bite, but after she took that first bite, he should have stopped. He himself should have gone to God mm-hmm. and said, this is what happened. I am taking responsibility and I am ready to die. Yeah. I'm ready to die for my bride. Mm-hmm. That is the glad assumption of sacrificial responsibility. But instead, he led he and his wife to hid, mm-hmm. to hide. Yeah. And God came, asked them what happened, and he blamed his wife, and then she blamed the snake. And so now we need a, the last yeah. Adam to die for his right, bride. Right. Because the first Adam was not willing to die for his bride. Yeah. I'm like, man, like that that's beautiful masculinity. Yeah. Like to take the glad the glad assumption of mm-hmm. sacrificial responsibility. Take responsibility even if that costs you. Yeah. That's beautiful masculinity. But then you get the the macho ness where it's just right. how loud can you yell? How many demeaning things can you say? Yeah. And, and and Mark Driscoll was a, a, a from all appearances very intelligent, brilliant guy, very charismatic, great vision. Very, yeah, all those things were you know were, were nice, were good, but the the church, whether it was uh, Mars Hill or um, James McDonald's, oh yeah, church, Harvest Bible Chapel, or yeah, these churches where these guys are getting fired for being domineering, yeah. Uh, John Piper's old church guy just got resigned from, from same thing. Wow, for being domineering. Which guy was this? The guy who replaced John Piper. Oh, for real. Bethlehem. Oh, and so sad. it's like you you're not trusting God. Yeah. To grow and to lead, you're not trusting the Scripture. Mm-hmm. You're not trusting what He says that He'll do, because it really is not up to you to make it happen. Yeah. And the Lord, I think, graciously works in the midst of all that, just like He, you know, used He used the uh, the Israelites right to to reach other people, but then you know brought judgment on the Israelites, or used Babylon to bring judgment on the Israelites, and then yeah. punish Babylon for that. Like yeah. so, the Lord uses in the midst 100%. of these things. Um, but I think it's it's church leaders, it's men, and even women who are wanting like. Sure, God's good. I, they love the scriptures, but they're not willing to trust the scriptures and say, "Hey, if I live faithful to what Christ has called me to, right, for, to live out the fruits of the Spirit, to to daily, like you said, assume the responsibility I'm supposed to assume, love, pray for, shepherd those around me, and trust the Holy Spirit, trust God to yeah. be working and to be moving, and then if the you know just 
that's it. You, you trust him for that. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, man, we, we have to kind of like, w- they affirm all those things, but then their actions go and show like, yeah, we don't trust him actually yeah. Yeah. because we have to be really amazingly dynamic or this has to be, you know, um, we have to reproduce this many times over all that stuff Yeah. to then make a movement to do something instead of trusting the Lord. Yeah. That's and that's so a true. bold statement, but that's what I would say. I like there it. you go. That was a heavy right. one, Rob. That was. Ooh. I wanted to start 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 off our conversation Ooh. with something big. I honestly didn't think we'd go that long, but yeah, hey, I like it. I like it. You're up. This is. We have no time limits. We can do this for eight hours. We can keep going, man. I can't do it for eight hours. Um. Okay, Rob. Why is it that we? What? I. Why is it that we love old things? That. That's a good question. <laughs> so I wag my pen at you. <laughs> Oh, I mean, man. just okay, think so that, about it. I, I, yeah, okay. And it's not all old things. Yeah, I'm not like, exactly. hey, bring on, bring on eight, you know, year 815. Well, I, I'm also like not saying, hey, bring on medical science the, from, the a year, from 100 years ago. <laughs> the outhouse, yeah. yeah we, or the outhouse, yeah. <laughs> so, man, okay. I think there's something intrinsic about humanity. Okay. I would agree. <laughs> that loves and appreciates art. Okay? I don't mm-hmm. think anybody would disagree with that. True statement, yes. I think in a lot of these older things, there is more artistic investment, so to speak, in that if you look at older furniture, they've got more designs on them. The, yeah. the seat that you're sitting in, very yeah. straight. The legs are plain black. The yeah. seat is pretty much plain gray. I like the way it looks. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But you look at older stuff, they've got more more art involved yeah. with them. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that I prefer every... So, for instance, I really like those chairs. Mm-hmm. I got those chairs instead of some so nice older chairs. ones. What did you get for these chairs, Rob? Need, Ikea. How much? I need to get some of these. I don't know. You have to go there and find out. Yo, Ikea. 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 So, I, I think there's some more art in there that when we find something that is something that our own like personal interests or our own personal um preferences when it comes to art Mm -hmm. like yes and also see that there's more art just in general in that thing Mm. i think we're inclined to it Mm -hmm. but also i think there's also just an art of doing a thing Mm. so for instance there's the art of writing a letter yeah the art of even doing little things like shaving the art because it was literally I, i was using a single blade razor mm-hmm. and i'm like man this is is that how you shaved your beard off well if you want to call it a beard <laughs> yeah it was real big and then i shaved it <laughs> you missed it <laughs> uh yeah i think i think there's more art mm-hmm. in some of those older things yeah that we tend to be inclined to but then also the art of doing mm-hmm. that thing mm-hmm. it it's slower mm-hmm. it takes yeah. more intentionality and oftentimes it's higher quality so for instance the art of doing pour over coffee. Yeah. Like there's an art to it, but yes. it takes longer, mm-hmm. but the quality is nicer. Mm-hmm. So just off the cuff, I think that's some of the things. That's pretty good for off the cuff. That's deep. What would you say to that? I mean, yeah. Why do you think you like older things? I would echo all that. I think there is, this ties into what you're saying. I think there is a, um, there's an intentionality that was required yeah. of so many things. In years gone by, that um, few people do even fewer things with intentionality anymore. People don't really cook their meals hmm. with as much 
hardly as much intentionality as they used to. Um, they don't go visit friends, loved ones, people in their life with the same intentionality. It's just it's shifted yeah. to much more consumeristic, impractical. So part of this is like a when you watch old like sci-fi movies, right? Yeah. And they always talk about. I'm mostly thinking about movies. I can't. I don't want to speak to 80s sci-fi, but like 90s and then 2000s. Like everything is looks so practical. Like there's no style to it. Yeah. Plain yep. gray outfits. Yep. Like straight edged furniture. Everything's like practical. There is no. There's no room or desire for anything other than practical. And we, as people, if you just look at the way that we spend our time, the way we spend our money, we're not practical. Yeah. I mean, we are in a sense, but most people are not. You know, what's the the most utility I can get out of this dollar? Uh-huh. So I think that we enjoy things that are like, oh, they are doing that thing for the sake of doing that thing, mm-hmm. right? So whether it's like you said, for, uh, apart furniture, the artistic creativity of furniture, whatever it is, like there's there's something to be enjoyed in that the art of yeah. doing. Um, I think we also it we didn't live. Like, I didn't live back in the 1930s mm-hmm. or 40s or 50s. But there's something about, like, that first part of the 1900s that just seems appealing. Yeah. And it's probably, I don't want to say it's nostalgic because I wasn't there, but it, it, it's a liken to a time where things were simpler. Things yeah. were, uh, there wasn't the distractions, all those. So I, I think the reason, I and I like history as well, but just... People lived in a way that just seemed more intentional. Yeah, I don't know if it was. I yeah. really don't. Yeah, but it seems like it was. It feels like there's, there's l- more. Like it, things were just nicer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like quality. It feels. It feels like there's there was less multitasking. Oh, so for, for sure. instance, if I needed to contact somebody, mm-hmm. I could. I literally would have to pull out a piece of paper. Yeah. Grab a pen. Yeah. Maybe grab some ink. Mm-hmm. It might From the well. Be, yeah. yeah. And start writing a letter, mm-hmm. go through the process, get some wax, put put that on there, and then send it out. And then I'd just have to be patient and wait. Right. Whereas now, if I want to contact somebody, I might be working on my computer doing work, and I might think, oh, I need to contact this person. And I could use my computer to send a text message. I can use an iPad to send a text message. I can use a phone. Yeah. Or I can use my computer to make a call, mm-hmm. or I can use my phone to make a call. Or I can use my computer or my phone or my iPad to send an email. There's a million different ways to do something like contacting somebody, which is a huge gift. I mean, yeah. advancements yep. galore. Galore. Like, we, are, mm. we are really fortunate to be able to have those things. But it is nice yeah. to say, if I need to contact somebody, I need to stop what I'm doing. Yeah. And I need to go sit down and write this letter. It's not frivolous. Yeah. You would not do it frivolously. Like, I need to write this. Yeah, what's And up? then I need to fold it up. Put yeah. it in the envelope, send mm-hmm. it. I'm going to check this text and, message real quick. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And, and if I need to work on a budget, yeah, I don't get to have dual screens where I've got the budget on one side and email on the other mm-hmm. or split screen. You know what I mean? Right. You get it's, the old ledger book out. It, it, tally exactly. it up. Get the ledger book out. Get a, some form of calculator if you've, if you've got that. <laughs> but you're sitting there and you're invested. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that thing, and you're focused on that thing. Yeah. Whereas computers, don't get me wrong, love computers. I've got two of them on my desk with a third monitor right there and an iPad sitting here on my lap. Like, screens, I've got screens all over the place. I clearly benefit from them. TV on the wall. Yeah. Clearly benefit from Mm -hmm. them. 
But I recognize that it has caused me to have a shorter attention span. And I recognize that it has taken my like my attention yeah. and put it in all kinds of different areas. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can. Like literally my yeah. attention can be on the screen or a certain half of the screen. Mm-hmm. Based off what I have over there on right. one half of the screen, email. The other half of the screen is what I'm working on. The other monitor over there is something else I'm working on. And I can have my attention in these various areas, which, depending on who you talk to, could be good, could be bad. I love the idea, though, of saying, mm-hmm. if I need to work on something, that's the only thing I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. Just this right here. So so here's just a quick deep dive on, I think, and this my last comment on why we love old things. But I think we are also prone to discontentment yeah. just in general as humans. And so we're discontented in the modern world. We're discontented in the way technology is everywhere. And like I'm on my phone, I get like a reminder once a week of how often I'm on mm-hmm. there. It's never, like it's always a discouraging t- like yeah. moment. I check it, I'm like, dang it, that's a lot of time every right. day. And um, it just shows like even though I don't like it, I still am drawn to it. Yeah. So it has this like I have this relationship with it. It's almost almost toxic, you could say. But just how our hearts are longing for fulfillment and mm-hmm. one thing something more. So whether it's I, I want to go have as much of the new technology all around me, or I'm just longing for the time where I didn't have technology, where everything was kind of quiet and simple, and it's just you know, there's people like people never left their house without like getting well dressed. I don't mean like putting yeah. on like massive gowns, but like no one left their house in their pajamas, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, you didn't do that. Yeah, like nobody, you don't. So it's just like everything was done with with a little bit more um, care and, and intentionality. All that just points, I think, to our longing for deeper things, which are only satisfied in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, even thinking of because because as, as we're talking about this, Downton Abbey's going through my mind a lot. Mm, the old Downtons. Good old Downs. So, as I think about it, I think about the dinner. They mm-hmm. they yeah. intentionally dress up for it. Yep. They go down there, and they enjoy a good meal because mm-hmm. there's more intentionality put behind the yeah. meal. Yeah, there's more intentionality put around getting around the table. Mm-hmm. They're not just sitting there eating cereal and scrolling on their phone. Yeah. Whereas today it's like it's like hey like you need to eat dinner so just yeah, grab, grab something, something try to be quick watch TV whatever yeah, watch TV while you do it or. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and even even something as simple as reading the newspaper. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. Just to be able to have in your hand the thing that the thing that drives me nuts. And again, I'm a, I'm a I don't know if I'm a victim or if I'm a consumer of <laughs> probably both to some degree, but probably more so a consumer of just screens. You yeah. can do all of the things: mm-hmm. read, communicate, yeah. calculate. You can use a calculator. Do all these things, catch up with people, have quote unquote relationships on various mm-hmm. social media platforms, how you're staying in touch with people. Like you can do all of that on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Whereas previously, if you wanted to do those things, there was a different avenue for each of those things. Yeah. You want to read the news, pull out a newspaper. You want to read a book, pull out a physical book. You want to communicate with somebody, pull out a piece of paper, write a letter. You want to have a relationship, sit, sit across the table, mm-hmm. talk to them. Like, yeah. These are things that have now been like flattened. To, you can do it it's all, all through the screen. screen. I know. It, uh, the world is the screen. I know. Is am I real or is my phone real? That's Which right. One's real. It is an interesting thing. I would agree. And the desire for time away from that 
it's just interesting how it's all changing. It's yeah. changing us. So, yeah, there you go. Okay. Okay. That was your question. Yep, that was mine. Okay, here's mine. Baby three on the way. You guys are pregnant? No, for you guys. Baby number three. You guys are... You? No, no, no. I said for you guys. To my knowledge, we are not pregnant. Woo! I'll just go ahead Is and it throw a boy? that out there. Is it a boy or a girl? I would very much so like for it to be a boy if we were pregnant. To my knowledge, we are okay, not. Nor you, are we trying. Who Who is the decider of when you guys get pregnant or not? We've already decided that we'll probably oh, okay. start trying, I don't know, sometime in the next few months or three oh. to six months, something like that. I don't know. That's not like, when it's your third one, like we're not trying to keep that under the under you the don't hood. care. Just Isn't like, it funny yeah, how, know, like, the first one, just like, ah, we don't want to share this, we don't want to share yeah. that. And then, like, the third one, like, yeah, it's a kid, it's a boy, here's the name. Even, yeah, even the second one, we're Does like, go yeah, we're, start, we're trying again. Like, yeah. And then the third it's one, even more love. so. Like, yeah, we're, we're probably going to start trying in the next few months. Like, yep. okay, cool. Next topic. You know, it just wasn't. Yeah. But you guys so, next, have num- number three. Next no, not topic, next topic. Let's though. stick on this. You guys have number three on the way. Yes. My wife and I. Talk about it. We have two kids that have been born, and okay. one is in the womb. Hopefully, will be born in December. That's awesome. What's the due date? Uh, the 12th. December 12th. Yeah. On the 12th day of Christmas. 12th day of December. We think Christmas was actually more summer, fall, but uh, it's okay. It's <laughs> so what, what's the question, though? What, uh, share what? How do you feel? How does Candace feel? Are you sharing the world, the gender? Are you... Well, um, you some we names don't know yet out. the gender. Uh, <laughs> They're going to choose for themselves when they come of age. Um, yeah, so biologically, physio- <laughs> physiologically, um, and by, every other way. by God's gracious, wonderful design and his sovereign will, it's a boy. So It's a long way to say it's a boy. Yep, but, but I just want to clarify. Glad well, you're those, those are important things. They are. Um, gender is a gift specifically given by God. Um, Amen. So, yeah, it's a boy. So this will be our third boy, which we're very excited about. We were kind of hoping it would be a girl because we don't have any girls, so we would like a girl. Um, but we're also very happy with the boy. Seems to be healthy. My wife, Candace, is healthy. Um, so all that's good. I think we feel good. We're excited. You know, there's days or moments where the kids are going crazy and you're like, we're going to add a third one in. But I feel like... It will be good. Will will be three and a half. Levi will be a year and a half. Yep. So I think it should be a good spot. Nice. I mean, so okay. So here's here's the thing. The order or the the, the age gap for your kids, either like don't worry about it and just live with the chaos, or be really intentional and disciplined and spread them out. Yeah. That's it. Like either spread them out for it's like they're three years apart or more, so that the one can grow up. Not grow up, but, you know, become somewhat sufficient. They're potty trained. They can feed themselves. They can get around, you know, get them to that spot and then have another child. Which that, I totally can see, like, that. there's great wisdom in that. The Swansons did that. Tip the cap for the Swansons. Like, that is a good plan. Yeah. But if you're not going that that route, if you're like, yeah, we're just going to have our kids closer together, there's some benefits there as well. For sure. But there's some downsides to that. As well, but just just pick a lane and run in it. Yeah. And then if if your life's crazy, it's gonna be crazy for a few years. Like, that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So, yeah, just kind of mentally adjusting for that, thinking about what all that brings to the table. You know, my wife 
all good personal information needs to be shared on the world. But That's right. This will be our third C-section, so we probably will only have four, Yeah. Lord willing. Um, we, we might stop at three, but... Because the doctors say that. They recommend. Now, there's, yeah. there are other doctors who say, hey, like, we'll do more. Yeah. But part of that's the doctor, part of that's their body, part of that's just the like the family dynamic. So yeah. anyway, the weird thing about it is knowing that Lord willing, by the end of the year, the child will be born and we'll I'll hold him and all that stuff, and then there will only then be one child left to be had. That's crazy. If we have four. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, three and a half years ago, four years ago, it was like. All the kids, all that part of your life was just a big mystery. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, that's it, Rob. That's exciting. How's Candace feel? I already answered that question. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. She feels good. Yeah, she's feeling good. I mean, she's pregnant. It, but I mean, so. like, is she excited or is it like, okay, number three? Yeah, I mean, at both. Okay. Yeah, like genuinely excited. She hand, did she handle that? It wasn't a girl. She handled that all right? Yeah, I mean, It seemed sad. like she did, but I mean. W- Will was the most sad. He, he was genuinely. He really wanted yeah. a sister. He was like, I want a, but I want a sister. And we said, well, buddy, this is what God's giving us. He's going to so. have to deal with Finley for the time being. That's well, probably why he really wanted a sister. I don't think Finley's going away either way, but, <laughs> but yeah. It's like, I need to hang out with another girl other than Finley. <laughs> well, so it's funny. He has like several friends of our friends have girls his age. So yeah. But yeah, it's good. It'll be good. Three boys. The good thing for me is that it's carrying on the family name. Yeah, it is. Um, so in my in my direct line, there was only my brother and I to kind of carry on the name. Because yeah. my, my dad doesn't have any brothers. Hmm. And his he only has two uncles. And only one of those had a boy. And he never got married. So, like, if you go back several generations, my brother and I are still the only ones to carry on the family name. Wow. So brother doesn't have any kids yet. See what the Lord does there. But yep. at least we're, we're trying to do our part. So... If the kids are, if my boys grow up and have more kids, they can help, you know, Yeah. do that thing. I've got a lot of... Posterity. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the Kane name will continue on because I've got a lot of um, cousins. My dad had th- two other brothers, okay. and they each had kids and who had sons who, um, yeah, so they, there's plenty of sons after me, mm-hmm. um, but I would really like to have a boy someday, so... Hey, you guys just keep at it, Rob. You know, doggone it. We'll take your advice. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I tell I, I tell people most people too take my advice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, good thing you're not in a profession that encourages people to listen to you. I know. I would never go that route. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what topic do you have? Uh, okay, so here's one. This this one kind of ties back into your one about Mars Hill a little bit, Ooh, but okay. Um, why do why do people f- seem to follow personas? Rather than people. Okay, so okay. we we have an inkling as humans, inkling, to follow a persona, right? So name, I can name like an influencer for you. I like a uh, uh, social media influencer. I don't know those people by names, but they exist, yeah. right? They're pretty well off. They're out there. They make pretty good money. But just like whether it's sports or any kind of people that they influence other people, it's usually a persona, it's not the person, nine times out of ten. Yeah. It's the idea that they've created of who they are, this persona that they've kind of created, and then project out, like on a screen, for others to see. Yeah. And we have a tendency to follow the persona when we ourselves are not personas or people. Persona. 
Is that what I said? It, for a second, it sounded like you said persona. Persona. Like, like prescription. Personas. <laughs> persona. Yes. Did I say it right? A personal. A Patronus. <laughs> Their image. <laughs> um, personify. Persona. Yeah. Wh- why is that? Why do we follow people's personas? Okay, so, so I have a theory that I got from a friend of mine. Okay. Who I'm sure he got it from somebody else too. But, and this again ties back to the Mars Hill thing, like what you're saying. But they said, whoever he heard it from, he shared with me, that our culture rallied, at least half of our culture tith, rallied around Trump. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he was a strong personality. Yeah. And we, are, we really desire a strong personality. Yeah. Strong leader. Who doesn't want a strong, a strong leader? Well, I mean, and to be right? even more specific... Not to sound chauvinist, but they wanted a strong man, mm. because in our in our deepest understanding, yeah. we understand that men were designed to provide, mm. to protect, to lead. And so, when we think of a strong leader, the first thing that comes to mind is a man. Yeah. Okay. So when this guy, Trump, mm. comes around and he's saying things that no other politician is willing to say, and yeah. he doesn't seem to give a rip. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot of people yeah. who are like, finally, yes, a strong, someone who's confident in themselves, doesn't care mm-hmm. what the people think, they're just willing to speak what, what is yep. true, or what they perceive to be true, mm-hmm. and run with it. Let the cards fall where they may. This guy is strong. Yeah. Half of our country flocked to that. Mm-hmm. And the, the working theory is that when you live in a society that has produced a lot of comfort mm-hmm. it got there because of strong men mm. who produced a safe culture yeah to, oh yeah to create a comfortable area and yes. comfort has bred weak men right and now we have a lot of weak men yes and when there's a lot of weak men the strong man when he stands up the mm-hmm. it, it's it, there's just less of them Yes, and so we see. Oh wow, there's there's a strong man. Yeah, and we are geared toward that because we recognize we're meant to be mm-hmm. strong men. Mm-hmm. Not to say, please, like listeners, do not hear me say that we should all be like Trump. For goodness' sakes, that's not at all. That's what, I'm what you hear, ladies and gentlemen, right here. <laughs> yeah. The thoughts and views of Robert Kane do not necessarily reflect yeah, exactly. something else or a toast. That's not what I'm saying. Trump was what some people perceive to be a strong man. But mm-hmm. he still wasn't a man in the truest sense. Um, he wasn't willing to own th- up to things. Yeah. And a, yeah. a godly man, which right. we would say is a man in, in the yes. truest sense, was willing to take sacrificial responsibility. Yep. As we just said earlier. Yep. Trump wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. So he is not the ideal. In fact, the only ideal that we really see clearly is, is Christ. Yeah. But people mistook mm-hmm. Trump to be a strong man, so they flocked to him. Yeah. And so I think... We're easily attracted to strong personalities Mm -hmm. is because we know that a strong personality is a good thing if it's the way that Christ has designed it. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. we see a strong personality and we think, oh, yes, I want that. But it's it's misguided. Mm-hmm. It's a misguided strong personality, mm-hmm. and so they think they have to be macho, or they think they have to be aggressive, mm-hmm. to to put on the facade of being strong. Yeah. 
when in reality, I mean, Scripture says that we are, we are, when we are weak, we are strong. Yeah. And so if we are strong in our understanding that we are dependent on Christ mm-hmm. and we can be humbly convicted and rooted in, in those convictions, yeah. then there is a strong personality that doesn't look macho, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if we try to put all that together, which I'm, I'm sure I'm not doing a great job of, I think we're attracted to that because we know that what we want is strength and yeah. what we want is someone who's willing to take sacrificial responsibility. Mm-hmm. We're only going to find that perfectly in yeah. Christ. But when other people rise up and claim to be this strong figure, mm-hmm. deep down we, we know we want a strong figure, and so we end up going to it without considering the other things, the other entrappings that may be less godly. Yeah. So I, I think that's at least part of it. Yeah. No, that's good. I think I think you're on to something there, Rob. There you go. Yeah. I. Um, it's an interesting thing. Part of it is obviously with social media, with the internet, like, there can now be many, many people who are influencers who are attracting people because of their vision and their ethos or their persona. Yeah. Um, their Patronus. Their Patronus, yeah. I think, is that is that the Latin? Yeah, um, it's the Harry Potter reference. I think that uh, I was reading the other day at 1 Samuel 12 or 13 where Israel is like, we want a king. Mm-hmm. And they go to Samuel like, hey, we want a king. And Samuel's like, no, you got the judges. Like, you have God to, to through the judges to rule and to guide. Yeah. God is what, you know, he's your king. It's like, no, 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 we want like an earthly king. And we're all longing to have someone just to look to and follow after. Like, okay, he's he's the model. He's the example. And it needs to be like tangible. I need to like be able to see him, watch his videos, read his books, yeah, read his quotes. You know, write his stuff on my mirror at night or whatever. And uh, I think the interesting thing about that is, like, we are still, even though we, as Christians, we have the New Testament, we have the canon of Scripture, we're still so tempted to look to other things. Yeah. Right? To other people, whether it's within the Christian world or or the the secular world or the business world. Some people don't like the word secular, but, you know, look to the... Christians or just to the world. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing how, I mean, a lot of that ties into our, our identity, as you were saying. Like, why we're going after trying to be something that we're not. The thing that's in the, in the world, it's like you always have to out somebody. You have to, like, outwork them. You have to, like, outlift them strength-wise. You have to, like, outsmart them, outwit them. Yep. It's always, like, this kind of pigeon, like, I gotta be a peg above. Yeah. Like I gotta. I gotta figure out how I can run faster, work harder, make more, do more. Which, as reformed guys, yeah. If we believe it's all under the sovereignty of God, mm. then like, why are we tempted to like? Man, I just want to do a little bit better than that guy. Yeah. You know, it's just an interesting thing. Yeah. It's an interesting thing yeah, yeah, why yeah. we follow the people, or even you know, just yeah. So, so here's the question. Okay, follow up question with that, Rob. Okay. Are there people in the world, something outside like the theological Christian realm, who you, I don't want to say you, you look to them, but you're, you are influenced by their, I mean, we're influenced by a lot of things, but you are intentionally influenced by them, meaning like you listen to their stuff, you maybe read some of their stuff, because there's stuff out there that's good, obviously. You're saying outside Christ- of like our typical sphere. Outside of Christians. Okay. 
Protestant evangelical Christians? Yeah, so so the answer has to be yes, because typically it's those are the people who shape our culture. And if we're at all influenced by our culture, then we're probably somewhat influenced by them. Well, that's what I mean intentional. Like, you're going after their stuff. Okay. Like, you're like, I'm going to listen to their podcasts. I'm going to read their books. I'm going to watch their stuff on YouTube. And I'm not saying you're like, man, I'm all in. I'm their, like, I'm a follower. Yeah. I, but you are like, man, I, I just, yeah, there's things I appreciate about it. I seem to, I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe it does. I, if, if my answer makes sense, then your question mm, made sense. This is good. So the, the person that comes to mind for me, not because I go after all their stuff, but because I listen to, their, to a show, is Colin Cowherd when it comes to sports. Yeah. I appreciate the way that his, his show is, the his style. Um, he uses a decent amount of illustrations, the way that he does interviews I like. And so I find myself enjoying that and i find myself going back to it because i enjoy listening to a show yeah am i going there for cultural influence am i going there for advice am i going there you know i mean like Mm -hmm. no to to all of that i'm going there to listen about sports so maybe that answers your question but there there's not an author who's a a Mm non-christian that i'm spending a ton of time reading not not because I'm trying to be close-minded or anything like that, but I'm just I'm trying to renew my mind and I'm trying to read things that stir my affections for Christ. And typically, it's those who are pointing out how beautiful the gospel is mm-hmm. in various different ways. And so, whether that's on the beauty of the gospel in the local church or the beauty of the gospel in evangelism or the beauty of the gospel in the covenants, you know, I mean, whatever it is, like those are typically the people that I'm reading because yeah. it helps me further appreciate the gospel and it helps me understand what the scriptures say yeah well there you go i like it is there somebody for you everybody no i mean i think that there's so here's the thing about influential people is it's hard to know if the person you're influenced by you're trying to like emulate probably a strong word but you're trying to glean something from them yeah it's really hard to know if they're genuine and that's the th- kind of maybe the, the backdrop to this whole question of why are we following, why are we influenced by people who are personas? Because you're getting such a, a curated shot of their life yeah. that is transmitting or communicating something to you that's not reality. But you're looking at it thinking that is their reality and I want to be like that. So I need to do what they say when that's actually not their reality. So yep. so this is the, the weird thing of like, okay, if I'm going to try to glean something from someone, I want to know that they're, they're striving to be legitimate in what they, what they practice, what they preach more or less, yep. right? Yep. So I would say probably not. Um, there is, there is a, a book, and I'll try to think of the name if I'll probably forget it. Um, I'm sure someone out there knows there's a a book by a guy named Jocko Willink. He's like a Navy SEAL guy, like, you know, all that kind of like that whole genre of like businessy ownership stuff. And there was just principles in there that I appreciated that he shared. And he seems as much as you can tell just by reading a book and looking a guy up on his website. Like he runs a company that like teaches these principles. And so there's businesses that are influenced or are uh, 
Hamilton blessed. They are they're uh, bearing fruit from these principles. So I thought, well, it seems like some of that stuff's working. So that's been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that it's just so interesting that we want to look to people for wisdom, look to them for encouragement, look to them for to be built up or to be motivated and be kind of rah rah when and you, you don't even like you have no idea how they're really living. Yeah, like you're you're jumping in this lock, stock, and barrel, and you and it's all could be phony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. What you what else you got, Rob? Is that it? No, I've got I've got more. Woo! Lamb lamb on Big Daddy. All right, here we go. What are your favorite things right now? That's a, can you can you ask that again? Can you use it in a sentence? Material things. <laughs> oh, my favorite material things. Yeah, so you can't say like, Man, I love my family oh. or man, I love the Lord. Like, of course those are your favorite things. Great. <laughs> like, very, very great. I don't want to hear about them. They should be. Now, okay. Things that you own mm. that are material. That I. Dang. What are your I was things? not prepared for that question. Dude, I don't know. Come uh, on, there's got to be something that you're excited about, that you really appreciate <laughs> right now. You don't I mean, have to be excited. I about appreciate it. my house a lot. Okay, there's a material thing. It's <laughs> yeah. a little vague, but. No, I mean I I I, I do appreciate our house. We um. I'm always thinking of things I want to do to the house, so it's good that I have like an appreciation and like content with it because the Lord has gifted us with a, a wonderful house in Mount Vernon, and um, it needs it. It could use some updates, but it doesn't need updated. No, and yeah, that's a gift. That's a gift. Um, I appreciate my travel journal here. I got from Rob. Rob you actually didn't, didn't get, get it for I me. Say, I just got the idea from Rob. Um, Rob will put a link in the show notes, but it's got three. No, I won't. Um, uh, what do you call these? Travel journals? No, like moleskin things ish. They're not moleskins. So they're like the they're, travel journal size. I don't know what the actual size is called. And they have this nice leather case thing. Um, that's that's a two. Um, I enjoy. I enjoy my um, my books, which is a weird thing to say. I'm not a huge deep thinker i aspire to be i feel like i'm trying to be a better like academic minded individual um but as i'm reading more books i appreciate having like a a growing library that's that's um usable it's not like for show it's just it's usable appreciate that I i appreciate uh yeah that's it that's it I mean, there's other things I, I appreciate. But you said the question was, what are your favorite things, right? Yeah, right now. Yeah, that's probably it. Very nice. Very nice. Rob, do you have, what are your favorite things? Um, I wrote down three things. Okay. Okay, good. I'm excited. I was ready for this. Okay, can I guess? Yeah. And these are, these are all material? Yes. Okay. Uh, your hot tub? Nope. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. You so, got any more guesses? Oh, yeah. Keep going. Okay. So one is your pen in your hand. That is. I did write that down. Okay. That's why I said right now. With the pen. So the pen is a bolt action pen. So you can hear it. Rob can feel a little more macho while he's writing. Yeah, that's really why I got it. Uh, but no, I, I like how simple it looks. And it also just... Looks, looks nice. Yeah, it looks nice. It looks professional. Um, it's for those looking. I will not put the link in the show notes because I think our new website provider 
doesn't allow me to to do that. It just pulls whatever's from the podcast page. Gotcha. So if there's a way to do that, I haven't figured it out. Can you just say the name of that, it? Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm just going to say the name that, rather, than put the, <laughs> yeah, rather than put the actual link. But if you go to Amazon, you can find this. It's a Bastion, and that's B-A-S-T-I-O-N. You know what Bastion means? No. Okay. Do you? I think so. You want to share? Um, I'm going to look it up. Okay, you look it up. It's a Bastion Bolt Action Ballpoint Pen. How do they spell it? B-A-S-T-I-O-N. But yeah, stainless steel. You can get... A, my buddy has a brass one. That's who I got the idea from, Josh Shortridge. And, man, it's super sharp looking. The brass one was a little bit more expensive, so I went with the stainless steel one. But super heavy. Really heavy pen, which I like a lot. And just makes the writing experience really nice. And I got some blue ink that my buddy Josh recommended to go with it. Mm. And I'm a big blue ink guy. Yeah, when it comes about that. When it comes to pens... I That's am the problem with American masculinity right all, there. <laughs> I am all about blue ink because... You have good rationale. Share that. Yeah, because black ink mm-hmm. is the same everywhere. as the text on, on the page. So if I'm reading a book mm-hmm. and I do an underline, the letters are black, and then I do an underline with black, it, it can blend you together a little it. bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> it's like camouflage out there. You know, I was reading on Sunday, and I was legit like, I think I need glasses. Really? I was Don't re- you have a pair of glasses though? I've ne- I I I had glasses one time that really worked well, and I've had two pairs since then, and they've never worked. Like they just they make it dizzy. I it's weird. I don't know what it is. So I haven't worn glasses for a long time. You probably just have to get used to them. When you first wear glasses, it's dizzying. Well, yeah, but how, how long do you have to get? I mean, these are reading glasses, so it's not like I'm wearing okay. them all the time. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, anyway, that was like an experience. But maybe I should underline and. Blue. Maybe, but yeah, okay, so big fan of blue ink because it pops off the page. Have you ever heard like the term, um, oh, like Texas, that's a bastion of conservatism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this says, according to dictionary.com, um, it can be a fortified place or anything seen as preserving or protecting some quality or condition or okay. idea. So that hints the kind of tactical uh, bolt action steel looking bastion fortress pen hmm yeah i like it a lot it also it also just looks like an old pen like i yes i feel like i could see someone off of downton abbey picking this thing up and Mm. i wouldn't think anything of it i'd be like oh wow cool pen they got there it's a bastion of of old-fashionedness yeah well i saw a pen on on downton abbs and it was a it was a fountain pen because they use fountain pens a Mm. lot i love fountain pens yeah but it was one of the ones where you screw off the cap yes and it's a Pretty short fountain pen, and they, they screw off the cap, mm. and then they start writing. I'm like, man. Uh, you that, have one of those, don't you? I, not one where you screw off the cap. That's, you should get one of those. Oh, yeah. With blue ink. With, uh, I mean, naturally. Yeah, naturally. Of course. Dark blue. Um, so the pen is one of them. Okay, so travel journals, the next one. That, you got it. Okay. Travel journals, next one. Super handy. I have, I've used many journals. I've used many journals. Many journals in my day. Yeah. And the problem that I have that I've run into every time mm-hmm. is either I'm not keeping up with it or I'm falling behind on it. Um, so either not keeping up or falling behind and I want to use it for <laughs> other things. Yes. Like, yep. And so what I end up doing is it's like a, maybe a daily one or maybe it's just a one notebook that I use. and I try to do different things each day, but I have stuff for work that I want to write in there, stuff for church that I want to write in there, stuff for personal stuff that I want to write mm-hmm. in there. And then sometimes I just want to take a random note 
draw some things. Not typically, but sure. <laughs> Having that freedom is important that's to me. That's right. That's right. It's America. That's right. Doggone it. Doggone and it. so I love the fact that Travel Journal, I can put two, three notebooks in there. And I say mm. one's for just daily notes, one's for sermon prep, one's for journaling. Thing. Like I, I can have different notebooks for different things so that when I finish one, because I've already finished the daily notes one, yes. I just took it out, got a new one, slipped it right in. And my sermon prep notebook and my personal journaling notebook are still in there. Yep. Didn't have to throw those out with it. Beautiful thing. Great thing. And I've got a slot in there where it can hold like receipts. It can hold uh, business cards. So all that to say, it has been wonderful. Okay. That is the other thing. That the is third the favorite thing. thing. Third thing is... is iPad. No. Uh, just because they're all in your lap, I thought. Yeah, awesome. right. No, no, no. The third thing is my wax envelope kit. So, you know how you write a letter? Your seal. Yeah. Seal. Yeah. seal, yeah. You, I've got some wax that Danielle got for me for, yeah. for Christmas, and I have a couple seal press, like whatever they're called, I don't know, stamps. It's a, it's a seal. Family crest. That's it. Mm. So, one is a fancy looking K. Mm-hmm. Last name's Kane. Kane with a C. But the it's other ironic. One, <laughs> <laughs> the other one is, uh, is, is a fancy looking cross. And mm. so when I write a letter, which I've been trying to write more letters, yeah. after watching Downton Abbey, you can see the influence it has on me. <laughs> but I'm like, man, I love the idea of just writing more letters. Yeah. I wanted to do that. And obviously, we've already talked to Ad Nauseam about how we like just sitting down and focusing on that thing. Yeah. I've been using this wax kit, melt the wax onto the envelope, and I press the little stamp onto it. Mm. And man, love it. And I have received one of these envelopes with a seal a wax seal um one time and mm. it was it was a delight let me just tell you rob it was a delight to open i'm so glad it was it was a real pleasure i yeah. i feel like i may have opened envelopes before that had a wax seal but never a personal one mm. they're all like gimmicky commercial like you mailed this thing out to like 500 people yeah right but a personal wax mm. seal that was do you know if it was the k or the cross on it it was the k okay i have not seen the cross from the desk of Robert Kane. Of the Kane household. Of the Kane estate. <laughs> Kane Manor. <laughs> okay, so this is the last question I have follow up for that. I don't know how stinking long this episode is. We're over an hour. Whoo, boy, this is why we don't do this. <laughs> okay, Rob, what's one thing, material thing, okay. within reason that you wish you had or you want? Ooh. And you're like, like obviously, this. It, it, it can be like. Ex- it can be substantial. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying you can't say, oh, a Lamborghini or yeah, a jet or a yacht or down nappy itself. Right. Of course. Well, there goes that answer. <laughs> um, okay. A tweed so, suit, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, man, there, I mean, there are several things that come to mind. I am content. Yes. Well, it's been very generous to me. <laughs> Boy, the list is long. <laughs> um, I think I would really, <laughs> I'd really like to have like my own gentleman's just space. Space, yes. Like, where there's bookshelves all over the place. Mm. There's a sitting table. There's some leather chairs. Yes. There's no electronics in the room. Mm. Like the clock is analog. Yes. <laughs> like everything's analog. Yeah. And it's just a space. A den. Sure. Den. It's an old English term. Or a room yes. with a window. When I think den, I think like a basement. No, no, no. You need to have yourself a Google 
Dan. Have a Google. I need to do that. But just a space that yes. is strictly for just being there and mm. enjoying the books on the shelves and the company that's there. Because even, yeah. even right now we're sitting in, in an office, which is great. Yeah. This is basically a space for me to work. But we've got computers in there. Like, we've got screens. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like the idea of there being no electronics yes. in this space. Mm-hmm. I like that, Rob. What about you? I like that. Dude, I, that might very well be it. <laughs> um, You're a lot closer to it than I am. You've got more space in your house, more rooms in your house, and you have a detached garage. Yeah. I mean, that's all true. What I was going to say, though, is access to a remote cabin somewhere where I could work, write, think, read, study, retreat at my disposal. Yes. So it's not that I have to own the thing. No. But but I just want to know, like, within... You just want a timeshare. Yeah, I just want to have some access to it. So, um, yeah. But yes, there is a... This goes back to the old old things kind of thing, but... um, because we are middle class by American standards yep. and complete upper crust by the world's standards, right? For the most part, um, we like we enjoy we appreciate appropriate spaces, mm-hmm. like a space like you say a space that is dedicated to enjoying whatever is in that space. Yes, you cannot enjoy what's not in that space because it's not there, so you can't do drop that the pen. pen. I think bust the broke floor. My foot. <laughs> You can't, like you're saying, you're, you're, this isn't a space where you go in and you just serve YouTube for two hours. Yeah. Or you just like veg out. This is a, there's intentionality. There's re- refreshment there. There's there's these, these wonderful things. Similar to like a good workshop. Yeah. Like work is to be done here. Relaxation can be done here. You can think hard and, and intense about things. Or you can decompress. Uh, all those good things. Yeah. That would be really wonderful. Yeah. If, if anybody has access to a cabin mm. or to a retreat space, especially if it's on a lake mm. or the ocean, yes. please let us know. Let us know. Info at simpletheology.org. <laughs> We'd appreciate it. Yeah, we would. Okay, I have another question. Oh, well, yeah, let's bring it. Yeah, we're not done yet. Still got work to do, Rick. Yeah. Theological topics Yeah. you're currently diving into. Okay. I like this one. Theological topics I'm currently diving into. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you've never given any thought or never yeah. had convictions on it, but one that you're just spending more time on these days. Okay. So. Don't let me bore you with that question. No, uh, that's I saw lame. that yawn. I would say, so um, we're getting ready to preach through Micah. So in that, just the history of the Jewish people in the Old Covenant. Hmm. So... You know, to say the Old Testament isn't a theological topic, but to say that the history or the way that the Lord worked with his people in the Old Covenant. So that would be one. Okay. The other would be uh, covenant, covenant theology. And the, I think, the third one um, being why I should join or not join the Southern Baptist Convention. Really? No, just kidding. Oh, man. I was about to <laughs> be so excited. <laughs> no, but um, the, uh, 
I never get this word right. The diaconal office. Yeah. 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 So we're working towards installing deacons officially. I'd say mm-hmm. people who are functioning in that role, but just been doing some reading and studying in that. So those would be three. Yeah. That's good. And um, at least two of them. I am right there with you. So been given more thought um, toward deacons because we also are talking about installing deacons and mm-hmm. how to go about that and um, firmly believe that two offices are elder and deacon and yeah. recognize the value of each. Um, we've been slow to enact elders intentionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Advice from people we, I look up to and then also... Uh, <laughs> we- I look up to <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I say we as if you and me are, are in here. Like, I'm, you're on that advisory board. <laughs> so I'd feel weird saying we. That's we. Um, I look up to you and the other guys that are on that advisory board. I look up to you, Rob. Oh, yeah. You're taller. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, deacons. So, deacons. One of them. The other one, obviously, being Kevin Theology, we've got the book on mm-hmm. my table. Oh, yeah, yeah. Been um, talking through that with June, and that's been enjoyable. I, I've i been pretty convinced that the Covenant Theology um, hermeneutic, so to speak, mm-hmm. for probably the past year or so. Previously, it was on the Progressive Covenant train, and still have a lot of respect for that position, but probably more so inclined toward Covenant Theology now. And just reading the whys behind it, as I'm mm-hmm. reading the distinctives of the distinctiveness of Baptist covenant theology by Pascal. Yeah, Deneau, Denault. I don't know. Denault. It's like Renault, but it's not a car. Ah, Denault. So, yes, that's another one. So those two, right there with you. Boom, boom. The other one is um, just complementarianism. Yeah, I'm fully uh, on you board. You can be a male chauvinist. That's yeah, exactly. Great. <laughs> fully on board with complementarianism. <laughs> But I, I have recognized that even complementarians and even complementarians at our church are mm. like, so can women do this? Yeah. And yeah. is it okay if... And so I've just been thinking like, man, you know what? One, in society, we are going to be outcasts if yes. we think that there are unique roles for men and women. That's yeah. just becoming less and less of a popular thing. It's not popular. Yeah. And two, even within complementarianism, there's a stream that would, would say just simply like... They just can't be pastors. Like, mm-hmm. everything else is on the table. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to think through, like, is this a, a broad design by God for masculinity mm-hmm. and femininity? Or is this just narrow in that it's just for the church and home? So the, the broad complementarianism for society or narrow just for church and home? And there are people on both sides that I have a ton of respect mm-hmm. for, and yeah. they can make a compelling argument. So not saying that the people within that camp who go the narrow route or go the broad route are necessarily wrong, but trying to understand where, where do we land so yeah. that we can just give an yeah. answer to some yeah. of these things. Cause to say like, well, we're not really sure. So we're not going to do this just to be safe. Like that's not, that's not really an acceptable or a satisfactory answer. So been thinking through and talking through a lot of that stuff. There you go. Yeah. So if there's a female lady for president, would you vote for her? Depends on what her what she's running for. She's running with your party. Well, sorry, not running for. <laughs> I'm saying what her stances are. I mean, that's like a real question. I know. And because I I tend to be inclined toward the broad camp, and I think it's 
designed for all humanity. Yeah. Like men are meant to be masculine, provide, protect, have beards. lead. Yeah, take sacrificial responsibility. Wish I could have a beard. Um, and women are to, to cult, cultivate and to nurture mm-hmm. and to be a helper, come alongside. And, yeah. and when those two yeah. things come together, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful design, yeah. as Chandler would say at the village. But um, then you get into questions like, well, should should a woman be a manager at a Carabas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, th- But there are people who would say no. Yeah. And so I, I tend to be inclined towards the broad complementarianism yeah. that men should lead, generally speaking. And I, w- I would look at the woman president and say, well, first off, what do you, like, for instance, if it's, just to throw out names, if it's like Sarah Palin mm-hmm. going up against a male, um, Joe Biden, mm-hmm. then, like, her positions on things, even though I yeah, disagree with her on some, yeah, like, nope. even she, like, tends to be more masculine in some ways, but... Yeah. All, all that to say, like, I'm more so concerned about where she would stand yeah. politically. So I'm and not... that's why you voted for Hillary. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. um, let's clarify. I was did not, trying to figure, did not vote for Hillary. Figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, did not vote for Hillary. But all that to say, it, it's something to work through. Like, where do you draw the line? And is the line super clear? Yeah. Or is it, hey, like, there are, there are certain yeah. principles, first, second, third tier issues here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that... Yeah, it would be nice if this was the case, but this is more important, fill in the blank. And then also, where do we just say, like, hey, you know what? Like, this is this is reserved for men. Right, So, right. the pastoral office. Yes. So, all that to say, thinking through it, I'm inclined toward the broad complementarian side of things, but I'm also mm-hmm. just trying to have a, a well-formed answer for it. Yeah. I would just comment on that and simply say that wherever you find yourself on that spectrum of broad and narrow, yeah, the... The thing that makes Christianity so difficult is it all comes back to a heart issue. This is why leadership is so difficult. This is why loving your neighbor truly is so difficult is mm. because it comes back to a heart problem. And, and so few men or elder teams of men are leading the church well in this and mm. humility on their knees yeah. with, with great patience holding up the scriptures, holding up the scriptures as they follow Christ, not just holding up the scriptures, telling people to follow Christ, telling yeah. their wives, the women to follow Christ. So it's such a, 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 a I would say it's like, it's such a minority. It's a small sliver of the broad evangel- evangelical church. It's doing that well. Yeah. And so people, the default is then, well, we have to bring women in to like the eldership. Hmm. Yeah. So we, we can't, obviously men are not able to follow God's word. We need to bring women to help that happen. And I would say you don't have a – your problem isn't so much that you need to, you know, now bring women onto as elders, affirm them as pastors, but rather you just – you have a society of men who, as we were saying before, this is really turning into the man podcast, uh, the masculinity right. podcast. You have men who, who are not following Christ. Yeah. That's, you know, they, they are trying, but they're not, they're not following in the attributes of the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. So, yeah. Any uh, – Rob, any other questions? I don't have any others. Ooh. We're almost at an hour and a half, man. That's a record. That's I mean, that's a long episode. That if if you've listened this far, please just send us an email and say I listened, because you'll be our number one fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, but do you have anything else? Anything else come to mind? <laughs> okay, something came to mind. <laughs> what do you got? Okay, Rob. 
So here's the thing. Here is the thing. If someone came to you. Oh, boy. Okay. And they said, Robert, we we don't, we want to join your church. We, we like your statement of faith. We think you guys are doing great things. This is all good stuff. Um, but we don't fully, like we're not quite where you're at. We don't affirm your statement of faith, but we like it. It's good. Would you let them into your church? Oh, and, and that, now you're speaking for the congregation. Yeah, I was going to say, right? you got to so, so make that clear. Define what you mean by let them into you, your would church. Would you let them, would you? Are you going to bar the doors? <laughs> You get out of here. Yeah. Do you think your church would uh, bring them into membership? We would We would say that unless you can affirm every aspect mm. of the statement of faith, every article, yeah, then you're not qualified for membership. Okay. So say as a body, each of these articles we've put forward and said we believe. Yeah. And if you're in disagreement, then we'd say, because there's just richness of churches in the area, Yeah. So you should, you should find a church that you can affirm the statement of faith. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're coming into this right off the bat disagreeing with our statement of faith, then this might not be the right church for you. And that's yes. okay. Like, we're not, we're not bought into the church growth movement. We're not trying to be the biggest church in town. Like, we're just trying to be faithful, and we want to do what's best for, for those who have submitted themselves to the, to the leadership of the church. And if you are wanting to join the church, then we're going to shepherd you in light of this statement of faith yeah and if you know that you'll never come around on this particular thing and you're not ready to embrace that then just either hold off on membership dig deep into that thing or find a church that affirms the things that you would also affirm there you go that's it went out agree great praise god good we haven't had that happen yet yeah that's good uh where they say we want to join but we disagree with the statement of faith no, and okay. I don't think someone. I would see them just saying like, "Yeah, we're probably not where exactly where you're at on everything, but we, you know, we can we can get behind that." Like, yeah. and that's where I would just be like, "Well, I need to know what you mean by get behind." Like, yeah. you don't have to be as convinced as I am yeah. on the statement of faith, but I would use the same word. You have to affirm it. Yeah, which means you have to you have to believe it to be true. So you cannot yeah. you cannot. Based on our statement of faith, which is the same as yours, mm-hmm. you cannot say, "Yeah, I I believe in um, a more of a Presbyterian uh, polity, a structural yeah. uh, of the of kind of more elder levels." Yeah, you just can't you can't say, "Yeah, that's where I'm at." But but I'm willing to like, you know, submit myself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You might have views outside of the statement of faith that we don't have, that we would say, "Yeah, I'm not there." long as you're not going to, you know, propagate that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, for instance, yeah. that um, we were talking about, like, covenant theology earlier. Yeah. Like, we have members mm-hmm. at our church who are dispensationalists. Yeah, we do too. They just don't affirm the the idea of covenant theology, but that's not in our statement of faith. Right. So, we intentionally chose a statement of faith, which you guys obviously do too. We have the same one that was not was not super long now yeah. compared to a lot of churches it seems long mm-hmm. but in terms of church history it is not a yeah. it's a summary yeah um 
And so, like, that's one of the reasons we chose that rather than choosing something like the 1689. Not to say that we're 100% on board the mm-hmm. 1689, but we love the 1689. Yeah, and sure. the nice thing about the 1689 is that it basically affirms that as long as you don't cause a ruckus, like, if right. you, might, you might disagree with this, but so long as you don't seek to cause division over it, you can be a member here. Mm-hmm. It's one of the nice things about the 1689 is that they yeah. kind of leave room for that. Yep. But I'm more committed to congregationalism than I am to the 1689. Yeah. And so, therefore, I disagree slightly with that part of the 1689 and would say, there's the air, um, would say that I think in order to be a member of this body, yeah. you should be unified with what the body believes. So, now granted... If, if we were in an area where, man, there's a mower outside, the <laughs> air just kicked on. I think this is the, this is the signal. <laughs> exactly. If you made it this far in the podcast, then, man, tip of the cap to you. You can power through the last few minutes here with all this sound. <laughs> um, but if we were, we were in, like, for instance, if we were to go plant a church in either a place where there are, here in America, where there are very few gospel preaching churches mm-hmm. anywhere nearby. Yeah. Or an unreached area then I would be more inclined to take the position that the 1689 takes and to say, mm-hmm. you don't have to agree with everything as long as you're not causing division. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, hey, brother, there's, a, there's another church that yeah, you're going to fit yeah. in 10 minutes down the road. You know what I mean? But because of where we are, contextually speaking, I'm more willing to say, like, yeah, I think you should just be part a member of another church, and I'm right. not even going to be offended by that. I just think right. you should go where your convictions are aligned. Yeah. So... Good answer, Rob. I like it. Good Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Family feud. Thanks, guys, for tuning in and listening to this extremely long episode. Extremely long. Arguably the longest we've ever had. I'd be surprised if we had a longer one. This is, yeah. I mean, it's been fun because there's like, we're just kind of ranting some questions, tattoos, old things, pens, pens, and membership. And more. And more. And more. Bonus. So, just a reminder we are taking the month of August off, so there will be no episodes. Uh, for the next five weeks. Yeah, make this one last. But make if you got to this point, <laughs> you did not make it you last. <laughs> you really wish that you would have made it last. There was plenty to go around, baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, Lord willing, we'll be back in September, and uh, we'll pick it up there. Sweet. Peace out, y'all. Peace.